Hello, world. Welcome to another week of Golf Subpar. Colt Nose, Drew Stoltz, Sleaze. I wish we had something to talk about this week, but not much happened in the yeah, game pretty, of golf. Yeah, pretty pretty uneventful week out there, oh, Tori, for you when you're cruising around the course. It's kind of a ho-hum week, nothing happening. Uh, but seriously, I mean, when I watched the – Patrick reads the story, clearly. And when I watched the whole deal unfold, I had no idea it was going to turn into – what it's turned into now. I mean, it's it's the only thing being talked about, really. Yeah, I was out there all week. First off, he won the tournament by five shots, so kudos to him for that. He played some awesome golf. But I was finishing up my broadcasting for Golf Channel Saturday morning. I was off the air at noon. Went and had some lunch. Get in my car, driving back to the hotel. My phone just starts going insane. Bzz, bzz, bzz. I'm like, what in the hell? And then everybody's like, what's going on? Are you kidding me with Patrick Reed? And I'm like, what in the hell just happened? Like, I, the hotel is five minutes from the compound, and all hell broke loose. And I get home, and I see it all, and I'm like, uh. This isn't good, guys. This isn't good. It didn't look good. So let's break it down and get our, our takes on the whole thing. My whole deal was this. Um, I basically think that what he did, I the only thing I think he did wrong in that situation was the lifting of the ball and never replacing it, right? That's pretty strange. I think most players, when you're out there, you lift the ball. If you think it's plugged, you mark it. Call your competitor, your playing opponents over, or playing partners over. Come look at it. See it. If you can't determine it, you put the ball back. You call for a rules official, right? Mm -hmm. Patrick Reed took it out and held it, and then he set it down. And at no point was the ball ever in the ground when the rules official came over. The thing that I – so, like, technically wasn't wrong, but I think what he did wasn't smart in that if I'm Patrick Reed, knowing my reputation, knowing I've been pretty loose with the rules in the past, you got to know that he's going to be assumed guilty until proven innocent in every one of these situations. So if there's ever a deal out there where I'm going to be marking and lifting a ball that's in play – I would remove myself from it completely, say, guys, I'm calling a rules official. Wait till he gets over there to do anything and touch it and just remove yourself from the conversation completely. Because when he marks it and he's poking around and doing all this stuff, even if he did nothing, the people watching at home, the people on social media are all going to assume that he's doing something sketchy. And that's just the way it is. He, he's earned that reputation through things in the past. And so I think going forward, if I'm Patrick Reed or in his camp, I say, dude, you're lifting your ball on the golf course. Get a rules official before you do anything. Yeah. And like you said, he's brought this all upon himself. I mean, I'm a... I consider Patrick Reed a friend. I like Patrick Reed. I don't like how he handles a lot of things. And talking with someone who's been rather close to him over the years, you know, he made a gr very great point. He's like, with with Patrick's reputation and how he's handled things in the past, Patrick has to be perfect in everything he does, especially when he's leading the golf tournament and he knows all eyes are going to be on him. Because if you slip up just a little bit, you're going to get crucified and everyone's going to think the worst of the situation. There's no doubt about that. I'm with you. He messed up when he didn't put the ball back in its original lie and let either a playing competitor or a rules official come over. Not at one point do I think Patrick Reed cheated this week. Now, he's had some incidents where, you know, the deal in the Bahamas with the sand didn't look so good. This, yes, he messed up. Like we said, he didn't put the ball back. The rules officials gave him, gave him reef, re relief, which – once they do that, yeah. it's it's he's in my opinion he's innocent. Like he's off, he's allowed to go play play the rest of the golf tournament like the way he's supposed to. He's doing everything that they, the rules official told him to do, but it just made him look very very bad in my opinion the way he handled the whole situation before the rules official got there. Yeah, because he's like you said, if there's any gray area in the world of golf and the jury of social media and the golf media, he's never going to be given the benefit of the doubt in that situation. You're always going to look like, what's he doing with this? What's he doing with his hand on there? Why is his back? I can't see anything. What, where's his ball? You couldn't see it for a while. Maybe he was palming the ball. That's what Brandel Chambly, you know, pointed out. So like any time where there's a ball lifting scenario, he just needs to call a rules official and do it. Because if he had done that this past week and just said, think my ball's plug, I'm going to call for somebody put a tee in the ground, wait for somebody to get there. We're not even having this conversation. He goes and runs away with the golf term. But you're right. At the end of the day, rules official said, yep, I could feel that there's a lip there. You're entitled to relief. He took relief. He's entitled to it. It just 
looks really bad because like I said, he's guilty until proven innocent more so than anybody else on the PJ tour. And that's been well earned from what he's did in the Bahamas. Yeah. I mean, there's no gray on that. Yeah, that was, he can spend that however he wants. Yeah. That mean, was cheating. Yeah. And this thing, is, yeah, the same, maybe obviously a lot of people say the same thing happened with Roy McIlroy on number 18 on Saturday, but you know, the camera angle is different. We could see the ball look like it landed, bounced straight up, came back down in his, his own pitch mark. But here's the deal. There's not one person on the PGA Tour that will ever question Roy McIlroy's integrity. Roy's never, never. going to do anything wrong. He's the guy at the PGA Championship when a volunteer accidentally stepped on his ball. When he got to place it, he said the lie was too good. Yeah, and he pushed it down. Pushed and it back down. I know a lot of nice people out there on the PGA Tour. I'm pretty sure they're all going to let take advantage of that better lie. There's not one guy on the PGA Tour like this lie is too. I mean, yeah. you see it all the time. That's just the way the rule works. If a volunteer steps on it, you get to re place it and recreate it nobody's gonna say i think this is better than I, what i had previously yeah. let me push this so he will never be in question the difference in that too is that after we saw replay which i believe wasn't until the next day yes. in the rory situation you could see his ball landed pop straight up in the air and it looked like it went down mm -hmm. in or very near to his original pitch mark uh patrick's you could clearly see bounce forward into a different spot i don't think there's any way that that ball could legitimately plug from knee height you went out there and said you threw balls at the ground couldn't get it to break ground things like that and I'm strong. And you're you got a huge cannon of an arm, bud. Um, but he was granted relief, and that's the end of it. But he doesn't get to operate under the same not I'm gonna use rules, but he's not gonna be given the same benefit of the doubt as everyone else. He has to be like overly cautious in these situations, and he wasn't. Yeah, and I think the unfortunate thing for Patrick Reed is he's such a freaking good player. Like he is great. He's top ten in the world, possibly a top five player in the world. And he could go on to win four majors in twenty tournaments and be a great. But he's always going to be known yeah. for the rules and discretions that he's had. I mean, just the tone of like the broadcasts and the interviews and after the fact, there was no like happy, you know, like good for Pat. What a perform! I mean, he won by five shots. The golf he played and the way he operated around the greens was unbelievable. His short game was a joke a wizard, this man. past week. I mean, it was as good as you're ever going to see. No one cared. No one talked about it. It was almost like a somber event when he won the golf tournament because everybody knew like, well, this is going to have a black eye on it. And this is what we're going to talk about is this drop and his reputation and all that. But it's earned. I mean, yep. you got to work to get that. He's the only guy that has that, and well, it's for good reason. So, I, I do want to share some very exciting news for Golf Subpar because I spent a lot of time with Patrick Reed last week. I followed him the last two days, talked to him a lot on the range, and we have no date confirmed yet. But I can tell you this, fans. Patrick Reed is going to sit down with us here on Golf Subpar. Wow. What a and day that gonna will be. be. It is going to be awesome. The bright lights we are gonna of Subpar. Show, we're going to dig into a lot of stuff. But we're going to show a side of Patrick Reed that I think no one has ever seen before. Yeah, well, everything will be fair. We're not going to like go 100%. out of bounds, but you got to have the fun too. You got to ask the questions that want to be asked, and hopefully bring out a guy that maybe a lot of people haven't seen before. I don't know him at all. Period. Mm -hmm. You know him. You know him uh, fairly well, so it'll be new for me too. But yeah, we've gotten that confirmation. We got to get a date, but that'll be that'll be, a, be big a fun one. one. It'll be yeah. It'll be a very interesting one, um, and I'm very much looking forward to it. But please, I got to run one other thing by you that happened last week while I was on the broadcast. Talk to me. Okay, Friday afternoon, I'm following the group of Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson, and Xander Shoffley. By the way, I was exhausted going back and forth across the fairways, chasing down Phil and Jordan's ball. You need one of those fat scooters to follow oh that Oh, my. Group. Well, that's kind of dangerous for me, as you know. By the way, shout out fat scooter. Love my fat scooter, even though I almost died on it. But, but they're a lot of fun. But I'll tell you this. We're on 17. The storm was blowing in. It started hailing, raining, all this. The whole group is on the cut line. We're at one under, even par. So they're right all, around. They yeah. got some stress they're hovering. with two holes to go. Well, Xander Shoffley, who has a very poor track record at Torrey Pines, you picked him this past week to win. He had a great week. But it, would, it wouldn't have been a great week if it wasn't for your friend Colt Nostrad here. So we're on 17. He blocks his iron shot to the right. 
Like I said, it was hailing. You can hardly see anything. I was up towards the green. Flies the bunker. I thought I saw it bounce, but apparently it was just a piece of hail that bounced up in the ground, bounced up off the ground. We get up there. Can't find his ball. Looking, nothing in the bunker. The rough's not crazy long over there. Can't find it. He's like, dude, did you see my ball? And I'm like, I swore I saw it bounce, like right over the bunker. He's like, where is it? Find like, it, nitwit. Well, I don't have it. I mean, I don't really care where your ball is. I mean, I'm, I'm going to help you find it. So we're looking around. We're at about two, two and a half minutes, and the new rule is three minutes. Yeah, that rule it's, sucks. It's a, stress, yeah. it's a stressful situation. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm walking, and I'm looking down, and I see a dimple buried deep in the grass. And it was 100% embedded. But I found his ball. He ends up getting it up and down for par. Ends up burning the last go to 200. Made the cut by a shot. But if he would have lost that ball, if we had 30 more seconds, he's going back, most likely probably making – he was going to have to drop it in the rough, making double bogey at best. He's going to need to eagle the last to make the cut. I save the day. He goes out, has a massive weekend, finishes tied for second, makes $456,000. Should I get a cut? Should you? I guarantee if you get a pause time in the, in the two, at the two-and-a-half-minute mark, be like, hey, bud, uh, if I find your ball and you go on to make the cut, I'm going to need 10%. He would have signed it without even looking at it. Yeah, his caddy, Austin Kaiser – as otherwise known as Stevie to a lot of the caddies out there. If he, he's getting the normal standard caddy deal of 8% for a top 10, he makes over $35,000. He was looking at a goose egg, zero. Yeah, zero, so he owes you, and Xander owes you. I think 10% is reasonable, Forty-five grand. You can direct deposit it, cash, I told him as a thank you, he can come on golf subpar, That's and we'll nice. discuss my figure, but... um. Yeah, I, I think I'm doing a little cash from Xander. Yeah, 450. That's nice. That's uh, whatever he breaks you off. It's better than he was gonna get if that ball wasn't found. So good, good on you for that. Yeah, it was climbed it, his all climbed his way all the way back. Finished. He was he was very very T2. happy. Gave me gave me a big fist pump the next day and said thanks, man. I really appreciate that's your, good. Your that's help, the so. most emotion I've ever seen out of the, out of the lad. Dude, he's awesome. Yeah. What, a, what a guy he is. But man, I had so much fun on the broadcast. A lot of fun. I'm gonna be back next week at Pebble Beach doing it all over again. Beautiful. So I can't wait. But Another right tough now, stop up there in Monterey. Yeah, gotta, you know, staying at God the bless lodge, you. Got a tough God ride, bless you, know? you. But let's get to our guest this week. He's got a lot of different names. No one really knows his name. He's been called Kevin, Jeff. Keith, Jeff. Now he's, now, but his real name, Keith Mitchell. He's a PGA Tour winner. He's a giant slayer down at the Honda Classic year before last, taking down Brooks Kepka and, and Ricky, Ricky Fowler. Fowler. Um, heck of a guy. Had a, had a blast with him. Ain't scared to get amongst it. He ain't afraid. I loved it. Love getting to. It's fun getting to know some of the guys that I don't know as well. You know what I mean? Know a lot of them. Don't know all of them. This is a guy I never sat down with. And afterwards, I was like, this guy's great. Mm-hmm. This guy's a 10. He's got some skills, too. Can absolutely smash it. Sends it. Yep. All right. Well, here he is. Keith Mitchell on Golf Subpar. Welcome, everyone. Normally, the sleazy man does the introduction. But when we got my good friend Jeff Mitchell in the seat, we have to let me introduce him. First off. This is Keith Mitchell, but has, does anyone on the PGA Tour's name get messed up more than yours? Kevin was stuck for a long time. It was probably a year and a half or two, and then Jeff comes out. Well, I missed Jeff until JT Poston, your good friend, sent me the clip of Brandel Chambly last week in Hawaii talking about the great round by Jeff Mitchell. I mean, Jeff isn't even close. To Keith. <laughs> That's not even, and Keith is like, not hard. Like yeah. it's the most basic. Like it's a pretty basic name. I don't know why the constant butchering. I, I've. I've embraced kevin to the point that it was partially my nickname on tour yeah guys would just call me kev and when i would play with another kevin and someone would say hey kev i would turn around that's oh, how God. much that's how much that people call me kevin as a joke the kevin started at the honda correct the year you won no it started a year before oh, that i didn't know that i was playing in houston the week after dominican republic i'd finished second in the mm-hmm. dominican republic and johnny miller says Here's Kevin Mitchell, who won last week in Punta Cana, Mexico. 
Okay. Well, at least well, he got you got one so good thing out of it. He got three. He, he got, got he, all three things. Yeah. Wrong. Kevin Mitchell <laughs> wins in Punta Cana, Mexico. No, yeah. Keith got second in Dominican. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. You know, gold <laughs> jacket. Yeah, yeah. Gold <laughs> jacket. <laughs> green jacket. Who gives uh, a shit? But, but that's the funny about the Honda. It was a year later. Dan Hicks did it walking up 18. Yeah. yeah. And then the article. The and then the article and now Brandle, who prides himself on being the most well-researched man in the world. You know we'll bring Brandle that up. I got a quote from him for this. Like, how, I mean, Brandle can remember what happened in the 1942 Masters oh. on Friday, whole three to God knows whoever, and he can't remember Keith Mitchell. Yeah. Maybe I just need to play better, right? Well, no, you said you're, it. You're playing, pretty, <laughs> you're playing pretty good, but Jeff, we are very excited to talk to you today because as we like to do here, I was I was reaching out to some mutual friends via text uh, before the show, trying to dig in a little bit, get a little dirt on you. So I texted Joel Damon. I said, hey, got your boy, Jeff, coming on the show tonight. I need some dirt on him. He writes back. His first text response was, he likes wine. He likes flying private. He's fancy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, this guy sounds like a 10. Okay. Who doesn't like those things? Yeah. That's, if you say he likes. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, seriously. Like, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Are you saying do you, you like good-looking women too? This would just be weird. We have so much in common. <laughs> I mean, who dislikes those things? That's actually a great point. Okay, Valid. I'm on your side on this. One. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna dig into all your PGA's tour stuff here in a little bit, but first, we got to go back to the college days because when you played at the University of Georgia, you're a bulldog. I mean, it, the University of Georgia is just a staple on the PGA Tour now. Every time they show one of those leaderboards with the colleges next to it, it seems like every other person is a George Georgia Bulldog. What what makes that place and Coach Hack so special and such a hotbed for PGA Tour players? I think that the short and easy way to describe it is he lets us do whatever we want, which is good and bad. <laughs> Every college coach just freaked out. Yep, <laughs> they did. Well, he we would always he never picked a team. You would always have to qualify, and that was the root of his whole system. Was if you knew that you had to qualify, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday that week. You had to practice and prepare, and you had to show up, and you had to play well, or else you weren't going to go. So there wasn't any like, oh, he's going to pick three. I'm going to be one of those guys he's going to pick, so I'm not going to really practice that hard this week, or if I don't play well, it's okay. Like You had full pressure on you, just like you would as a professional, throughout college, and you never had scheduled practice. So you pretty much had to make the team on your own. So if you won the week before, you still qualify the next week. That, there is those. That's an exception. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you won. Great job. Get your ass hey, back coach, out there. And qualify. There, there was the exception was if you made top ten in the week before. And my junior year, no, 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 my senior year, we had a really, really good team, and I didn't even make the squad in one tournament my senior year, and I played as an individual. Joey Garber, who was on tour, mm -hmm. you know yeah. Joey, he was on tour last year and it's on the uh, Corn Ferry tour was ranked number one in college golf. Five guys, since we had individuals playing a tournament, finished in the top ten that week, and he did not – couldn't play in the next tournament. Wow, Whoa. that's a tough one to swallow. So yeah. you just had to sit out number one ranked well, kid. Well, thank goodness we had individuals that week too. So Joey wins the golf tournament, not counting for our team. Wow. <laughs> that's coach. coach yeah, yeah, make an exception for me. That's, next I mean, I, I love that because it does. You can't just coast by. I nope. mean, that's, that's – Really, I feel like really that works better off than the, hey, let's sign a kid, you'll play every tournament. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and you so promise him things, and then that kid doesn't maybe work as hard as he should. Or or the worst is when you get your hand held all the way through college, you know, required practice. You know, you got to work on your wedge game, and then you get an hour on your putting, and you do this. And then you turn pro, and no one's telling you what to do. You have all the freedom in the world, and the only thing that matters is what you shoot in qualifying. 
good point. What you shoot in Q school, what you shoot in money qualifying, that's all that matters when you turn pro. It doesn't matter if you're an All-American or not. It doesn't matter if you did this or that. It's only about what you do in qualifying, and that is all Georgia was. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's really a, cool. That's yeah. a different – not a lot of programs do that anymore. But you mentioned your senior year. You had a good college career. It wasn't like these kids coming out now that have won every single award. I think you were honorable mention All-American your senior year. But you had a great quote that I read somewhere. You said, I was great at college. I wasn't great at golf. I mean, is that just part of going to school in Athens? Like, there's so much – that's a – I mean, people that I know that went there rave about the place. There's so much going on there. Is it tough to just be locked in on golf down there? It's I, – I would just – I wouldn't say it's tough. I would just say I, I got distracted easily. It's very easy to get distracted. <laughs> yeah, that's a better way. The distractions <laughs> are higher, which is part of the reason why I moved to Sea Island, honestly. Like, I knew all the guys – not all, but a lot of guys went to Georgia or SEC schools down there. I knew that it was working for them because it was a small-town environment. You know, it was, it was, everyone was practicing together, playing together, kind of leaning on each other. And I knew that my extracurriculars would be very, very rare at a place like that. And it worked, but truly. What a, what a town, though, Athens. Yeah, Athens. I, I played on the. Yeah. I played the first year they have their corn ferry tour event there. We decided to go out on a Tuesday night. <laughs> I'm not going to mention the players' names, but we went out. There was a few of us, and they told us to go to. A, I think it was called Bourbon Street. It was just a bar. That's, that's if you had a real ID, you couldn't get in Bourbon Street because okay, you were too old. Out. I was, for the record, I was like 23. At yeah, the time, so you were so you were just, older than the bartenders. Yeah, <laughs> if you just draw your picture, a stick figure on a napkin, they'll yeah, let you yeah, in. Yeah, but I, I did go up. I think there was like. Four of us. I said, I need eight beers or you know, four beers and eight shots. We're going to take four shots and send four to that table of girls over there. And they're, they're like, that'll be $28. And I'm like, <laughs> eight shots, four beers, $28. I'm like, I'm moving here tomorrow. Yeah. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I, I, I didn't get to go to a college town. I was in Dallas. I mean, that's $100 in Dallas minimum. So I was like, this is Athens. I could, I could get used to this. It, it, it is it is an amazing place. It is. Yeah, I don't know Athens. if there's a better college town from the guys that I've talked to who played there, went there, whatever. There's not one person that comes out of the University of Georgia like, ah, I don't really have a good time down there. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard this either. Their football team is going to be good next year. We're yeah, always, next year, dude. Our, <laughs> you're right you what, there. <laughs> our next year is always our best year. It's unbelievable. Always. Is, is the men's golf team the most successful program at University of Georgia, you'd say? I mean, they've had great athletes, obviously. I mean, it's it's easy to say, looking back, and you see of how many PGA Tour players we've had and how many wins we've had in, in professional success. Yes, I would say so. Um, I mean, I do. We do have a lot of football players in the NFL, but if you count how many guys are on a football team versus how many guys are on the golf team, you know, per player, we're definitely ahead of that. I mean. Over 50% of the guys I played on my team are on the PGA Tour. That's yeah, insane. That's wow. Was there, there's like 10 active or something like right. that. And we, right, and I played now. with seven of them, six or seven of them on my teams. That's, so, that's a joke. With a competition that good and a team that good, when you, and you, you, know, you, you had a solid college career, but did, did you ever doubt yourself coming out like, I don't know if I can play on the PGA Tour. I got five guys on my team that can beat me right now. Well, thankfully, half of those guys were already on tour. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I mean, I played against these guys every day, and they're on tour, so if they can do it, you know, maybe I can actually practice and prepare properly. I might be able to make it. And I guess it was three years of that it took me to get on tour, but not as fast as some of those guys, but it, it ended up working. Yeah, you went through all the ranks. You went PGA Tour Latin America. You went Corn Ferry Tour before you finally ended up at the PGA Tour. I know Slee's 
had a little Latino American question, I think, for you. Oh, yeah. You had a class. I think 2015. Was that the year you were down there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You had had a a class. Nice crew. You've come out of there. Harry Higgs come out of there. Nate Lashley's come out. So two guys from that class have won on the PGA Tour. Adam Shank was on that. Shank. Yeah. That was. Did you ever look around and be like, yeah, these in five years, I would expect a bunch of us to have won on tour and the rest of us be there. I'll tell you what. There's a couple Latin guys that I thought were unbeatable. And I think they might still be playing down there. I don't know what it is. I think those guys just felt comfortable down there in those golf courses where we felt completely uncomfortable, no language, never, half of these grasses we hadn't even seen before, mm-hmm. and they're, they're tight. Well, that's called dirt, Keith, yeah, exactly. down there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really play You can grass. find a lot of grass down there, I have <laughs> yeah. a feeling. They, yeah, it was the, – the, the fun part was when you'd show up to a course for the first time and you'd look at the practice facilities, they'd hand you like a bag of balls, half of them be yellow, half of them be white, and – might be a Spalding and Slazengers and whatever. And then there was guys handpicking the range with helmets on. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. that was what we were doing. And you look back and you're now you're on the range and they don't have your exact Pro V1 that you're playing to hit on track, man, and you're all upset. Taylor you're like, comes yeah. into your Titleist bag. Yeah. You're like, what is this What place? is this crap? <laughs> yeah. And stuff. now you yeah. look back to the end. We were just happy that we could actually hit a driver yeah. on the range. You didn't have to sacrifice some of your game balls so you didn't have to worry about cracking your driver. When I was playing in Brazil and I was in a seven-hole sudden-death playoff, I had three balls in my bag, and all three of them were completely used because it was my fourth week in a row down there. So yeah, you, like, you, you, you don't to, think about you that. You had to you pack gotta, your balls and just my fourth week yeah. in a row. There's not three dozen in your locker. No, week. there's yeah. not. How heavy is your bag got to be traveling? To, oh, I'm going to be four weeks down here. I need – Nine dozen balls. Yeah, it was. It would peak at seventy. By the time I'd come back, it'd be fifty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd leave That's a couple incredible. pair of shoes and golf balls, and that take was the it. purses and the money and all the cool stuff about the PJ Tour out of it. Was that some of the most fun you've had playing pro golf? No question. And the reason was, I was twenty three. I was fresh out of college. I was so excited to have a place to play. I was excited to feel like I had a some sort of a PGA Tour card. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't a PGA Tour card. Or the PGA Tour card, but it was a PGA Tour card. And I was just thankful to be there. And then we had a great group of guys down there playing. That's who, awesome. Who was your runaround group down there? Definitely Harry Higgs. <laughs> Harry and I, yeah, I, I knew the OG Harry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this before was, all the fame. Before yeah. he, you know, he's all big time now. Big, big beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to stick. We're working <laughs> hard yeah, on try this. to use that as much <laughs> as you can. <laughs> so, yeah, now he's all famous and big time. And we, had Michael McGowan, he was a a mess down there yeah uh, <laughs> oh my god he was a mess but we had so much fun and chank would run around that crew um will collins was down there uh stephen fox oh, yeah, i roomed with stephen fox every week and it was funny because stephen fox and michael weaver who had finished first and second usam were down there so we thought they were superstars mm-hmm. so yeah, it was it was a lot anyone of fun. can win that tournament it's really no big deal <laughs> basically hand that thing out yeah, do. but <laughs> we thought yes. like i said thought <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> But let's fast forward a little bit. You get your PGA Tour card in 2018. You go out and you miss your first three cuts on the PGA Tour that season. I look back at this, so don't question me. Uh, you've, you've, already never... missed, you've already missed my first PGA Tour event. But that's no, okay. I saw that. Oh, you, you finished 14th on a sponsor okay. exemption. In no, no. You Monday qualified? I'm Monday qualified. Okay, either way, you got in. I just assumed Check you him. Okay, big difference. Yeah, okay, you got a sponsor exemption. Yeah, Check him difference. on this, Jeff. And I, finished, I know you finished 14th, though. I saw that. That was good playing. I think I finished 11th. Okay, whatever. Didn't get you in the next week. But <laughs> you go out as a member of the PGA Tour. There we you go. You started out and you missed your first three cuts. Yeah. Did any panic set in at any moment and be like, oh, boy, 
This is a whole not, other level here. It, I, it was, I definitely knew it was harder, but it was, it was a different kind of panic. It wasn't panic. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. It was more of like, I got a lot of tournaments left. I got a lot of golf to go, but this is like no cakewalk. Justin Thomas missed his first two, so I mean, you're fine. Yeah, you're in, yeah, you're in good company. I'm only one cut behind him. How long did it take as a member of the PJ Tour to feel comfortable, like in your own skin out there? I belong. These dudes, you know, I'm not afraid of these guys. It took after the West Coast because when I first showed up at Tory, that's the first PGA Tour event. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. The Fall Series is great. Hawaii is amazing. Palm Springs is cool, but it's a pro am. You show up at Tory Pines and you see that golf course, you see all those fans. And you see Tiger Woods in the parking lot. That's when you're like, "Oh my God, I'm on the PGA Tour." Yep. There's there's PGA Tour events and there's PGA Tour events with Tiger, and it's a totally another totally animal. different and game. You, you mentioned like the 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 Fall Series is great, great opportunity for young guys to go yeah. out there and play great. Courses but, are awesome, but yeah, the, but the golf courses aren't set up quite a hard. You no. go to Torrey Pines. Now we're on a big boy track. Yeah, you look at the Fall Series and see what their average score is yes. for winning, and then you start going to Torrey and L.A. And the Florida swing, it's not 20 under anymore, buddy. Well, but Torrey's got to be a place where you would, in theory, lick your – I mean, that's a golf course that sets yeah, up well for what I, you do. that was the first I, – I was – I played great the first two rounds. I think I might have been in the top 25. And as a rookie, I was excited to be there. And I still would be at any point. But I I was – I got nervous on the weekend. I mean, I'm playing – I'm teeing off, and there's thousands of people, and, and you're – I played behind Tiger the last day. I remember that. And um, I, that was just – that was – it was the kind of stepping stones. You know, you get used to things, and they become more natural and more normal. But it was until after Tory that I felt like I could kind of catch my stride. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the first time, too, you really see a ton of fans out there oh, yeah. and everything. I mean, yeah, when gets... Tiger's there. And Harry was actually just in here, and it was that tournament. He was talking about how he found himself, like, looking back at Tiger. Yeah. You know, I think Tiger was a group behind him or something like that. And he kept talking about – I found myself just looking back, seeing what Tiger was doing. I was almost – more of a fan out there than he was a player. Yeah. Just to say, like how much how different it, different it is with Tiger. I remember Tiger played Tampa one year, and he's never mm-hmm. played there. And he, it was the year he finished second. But Tiger's on the range, and I'm on the range, and there is thousands of people. And this range is tiny at Tampa. There's th- thousands of people backed up. Okay, he leaves. Roy McIlroy is the current number one player in the world. Walks on the range. There might have been seven people. People just flood. Out of it's, there. it's like unbelievable. I That's think you've said that on this is. podcast before. I think you, you got to remind the people in case I they miss Jeff I, Mitchell's episode. Jeff, you? I, I think you said that in the Rats uh, podcast. God, how good's the rat? Oh, He's the best. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna get into the rat a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, we will, the rat shall be discussed. <laughs> we can't go an episode no. without talking about the rat. Let's stay on the big boy golf course because you want it, a golf course that is arguably one of the scariest places on the planet to win. You want the Honda Classic, PJ National, and you did it coming down the stretch against Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler. Like, what? Take us through that because. Carnage can happen at any moment on that golf course on the back nine. You can go from first to thirtieth so fast, but you handled it well and ended up getting your first PJ Tour win. I did not handle it well at Q School a couple years prior. I We're not say talking that. about Q School, Jeff. <laughs> that happens. I, I am right there with you. I hate that place. At least you got your. Vengeance. I did not make it through Q School, the bear trap. But um, that year, or yeah, when I when I won, God, it's almost two years ago now. It still feels like yesterday, which is cool. But it was. I'll, I'll never forget when I I bogeyed 11 and I was like, man, I I don't I think that might be it because Ryan Palmer had been in the clubhouse for four hours <laughs> at seven under. Yeah. And that dropped me down to five, maybe I think. Yeah, it dropped me down to five under and I got the bear trap coming up and I'm two back and it's the wind's blowing. I'm like, OK, well, 
let's just play as best we can. If you get top five, get whatever, fine. That's great. And for some odd reason, that kind of just took some pressure off of me. Like, instead of trying to achieve the impossible, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go play as best I can and see what happens. And that sounds so cliche, and that's what all the sports psychs tell you to do. But yeah, it's really boring. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, say it, weird. But that's what happened. <laughs> and so I hit, I hit a great drive on 12. I kind of didn't hit my nine iron great going into the green, and it came up only like 15 feet short. I'm like, oh, damn, I can make this birdie putt. And I made birdie, and then hit a great shot in 13 and made another birdie, and I'm like, Okay, whoa, I'm in this. And then the shot on 15, I completely blacked out. I, I is it was insane. It's nine iron. I accidentally started over the water because I kept shifting to the right because I wanted to hit it closer and closer and closer and closer. And I looked up and that ball took off. I'm like, hmm, that's uh, it's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, this is really right. That's the longest, ball. the yeah. longest six seconds of balls in the air yeah. ever. And it's funny because I've I've looked back at the footage and you can see myself just kind of shimmy over to the right just a little bit and just like just keep looking at it and just moving and aiming and aiming uh -huh. and I striped it because I mean if you're starting to ball that far right you obviously drawing back into the flag you hit it solid it's not like I pushed it because it wouldn't have covered and then once I hit that putt that was when I knew I could do it and I knew I had I hit a great shot in sixteen whatever two putt par great shot in seventeen two putt and then I did the most unconventional Keith Mitchell thing ever had to lay up on a par five mm -hmm. and hit a wedge and make birdie. And yeah, I mean, that's a hole that's very, very gettable for you. Right. You have Ricky Fowler and Brooks Kepka posted eight under. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest. I mean, probably the Honda classic board was probably like, Oh my God, we're about to get a playoff with this wonderful gentleman, Kevin Mitchell, Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler. This <laughs> Jeff, is be Ricky incredible. and Brooks. What's better? Yeah. And then you, <laughs> you went into 14, 15 feet. And I mean, were you shaking over the putt? Were you were you like, oh, this is this is fine, no big deal, I got this. I remember when I gripped the putter, I could barely feel the putter in my hands, and I kind of smiled or like kind of giggled inside because I was like, oh my god, this is real. <laughs> when people are like, when people talk about you know not being able to feel the putter or something like I, that kind of moment came true, and I almost was like laughing at myself like. Well, they were right. <laughs> this is real. Here we go. And I hit it, and it just, I mean, but, I mean straight God, gosh. it looked so good. I mean, it was milky. You're obviously thinking about making it. You want to win it, avoid a playoff. How many How many thoughts were in your head? Just don't give myself a little something coming back. That I, this, Never thought possible. about it. Not once? Not once. That's why you're a champion. Not once. I didn't care at all. I didn't. I've never thought about two-putting, never thought about anything. I just tried to read the putt and hit the best putt. And, I, I mean, there's a couple times – like, I mean, I was asking Pete the stupidest questions just to get my mind right. I, oh, is that – what's that grain, Pete? Left or right? Like, no shit, it's left to right. That whole green's left to right. The water's right there. The sun's setting over there. It's – I mean, somebody that doesn't know what grain is knows that grain's going that way. And I'm just like, Pete, is that grain left or right? Yeah, little grain, little left or right. Is it a little uphill? Yeah, a little uphill. Like – I would never ask him those yeah, questions. That's awesome. Your cat, yeah, he's one of the like big characters yeah, out there. Crunchy Pete. What was he? What What was he doing down the stretch to try to keep you even keeled? I don't. I don't. I don't. Do know. you remember any of it? I mean, I don't remember any specific conversations we had. I, he was. I mean, he's so solid when I'm playing good because he never gets rattled. He never gets upset. Nothing. Never. He never gets upset when I'm playing bad or good. Or you know, his he's so even keeled out there. And he's just chilling, and it it just keeps me cool. I love that. How did how did you get the name Crunchy? Sal's Pizza 
St. Simons Island, Georgia, pre-Q, 2014. He was catting for you at pre-qualifying in 2014? You guys go back to, like, your oh amateur. Didn't he catter oh, yeah. for you at the USAM qualifier? USAM qualifier. Yeah. Okay, so, so, wait, still why crunchy? Yeah, okay. well, crunchy, get to that. So, we're sitting in this pizza place, and a dear friend of ours, he's talking about, you know, how he – went out to the beach and swam in the little pools and paddleboarded all day and brought like his shampoo to the ocean and, <laughs> and this, you know, original Pete stuff. And this guy was like, you are so granola. Like you're just a hippie, like crunchy. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, crunchy Pete. I that just that. has a ring to it. And ever since that day, it's kind of like trying to call Harry Big Beautiful. It just kind of rolled in and rolled in and rolled in, and then just now it's Crunchy Pete. He's That's amazing. it. Yeah, he's a man. beautiful character. Wasn't he like a whitewater rafting instructor whitewater or something? A lot of outdoors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta ask you this because you mentioned earlier you moved to you moved to Sea Island. I mean, t- it's a hub for a ton of tour players. What are the games like in an off week? Y'all get y'all get some action I get, going. I, I get asked that all the time, and they are they're so normal for us now. I wouldn't say the stakes are high, which is, I mean, I could lie on here and make it sound cool. Yeah, like just do that. Pat we'll and we'll I edit this. For our cars, but it's it's more of the pride of beating Pat and Kazire and making him pay you $10. It's worth a million dollars to well, me. I love that. But my next question was, who's the pigeon of the group of all the tour players there? Who gets slapped around the most? There's got to be someone. And if you don't um, know, then it's probably mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know the old saying, Jeff. Yeah, it is. No, it is. <laughs> it's probably me because I am so lackadaisical when I play golf at home that no one wants to be on my team when we're betting because I'm just like talking and hitting balls and playing and just being me and like, dude, we're three down with three to go. Like, let's go. I'm like, oh shit, sorry. What's yeah. your favorite one to play down there? You have you have Seaside, you have Ocean Forest, Frederica. Where do y'all play the most at? We like to play the most at Ocean Forest just because it's probably the hardest best test of golf i heard it is brutal yeah do you not play the jones cup down there I played, you, when you, i played the jones I mean, cup your amateur career was you yeah. know a stellar how have you not won that dude yeah well, it was at frederica ocean club was getting redone the year i played there oh sorry guys um what's your when on an off week and you got all the guys around what's your percentage play versus practice are you on the range I'm all fi- the day i'm guy? 50 50 i'm you 50 mix it up? yeah i'm 50 50 and yeah, it's a, a pretty safe 50 50 like i could one week it might be one different but i'm pretty even on that Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you about this little hidden gem you're a part of outside of your hometown of Chattanooga. Ooh, yeah. Sweetens Cove. Well, let's go. There's a couple of guys that are somewhat famous that are also involved. Andy Roddick, Peyton Manning, and Jeff Mitchell. I mean, how did you get involved with this? And tell us a little bit about <laughs> Sweetens Cove, because I've never been there. I looked it up today on the internet. I've, I've driven by it. I mean, the place looks unreal. It is awesome. And I the only reason I'm involved was when they were doing the capital raise to for all the investors. It happened to be exactly after I won the Honda. Mm, how convenient. <laughs> got some, got yeah. some money. And so the big man, I get a voice message. And it's, hey, man, congrats on uh, on your win. Got this little thing going on. Um, you know, if I hope, hope you want to be a part of it. And, I mean, I sold. I mean, it, it didn't, I'm guessing the big man was Peyton Man. Yeah, who's the big exactly. man? Yeah, yeah there Peyton we go. Man. Okay, yeah. And when sure, you Peyton, get a here's call, my social security number <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't my blood know, type. I don't know how much it is. I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. I don't know anything about this, but yes, I'm in. And so <laughs> long story short, he was like, yeah, don't send your Georgia football players at me if we lose all your money, you know, <laughs> trying to cover his ass. But what's the deal with the golf course? Because it's, it's fully, is it public? It's, yes. And it's, 
It's just a nine-hole track that I believe it or not, I'd played it before any of this hype came around. And it was just a, a local nine-hole track. I mean, it would be like you driving to anywhere here in Scottsdale. There was a nine-hole course, and there's that's it. It's twenty bucks to play, and it's now gotten so much hype that people expect that they're going to play Augusta National, or they're going to play Whisper Rock, or they're going to play some incredible place. But they forget that the origins of this place, where it's just a literally a muni, forty-five minutes side outside of Chattanooga in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. And that's how incredible the architecture was, how incredible just the scenery is, and how good of a job Rob Collins designed it, that it got all this organic traction of pure golfers saying, wow, this place is really, really cool. We need to, Y'all need to go check this out. It feels like it's the average man's you know, British Open course or something like that. And so I had known about it. I'd played it before. But then when Peyton called me and said it, and we're doing the bourbon line too, Sweetens Cove Bourbon, um, is mm. is really the the kind of the fun spin off of that, where we've we made our first release was last year. We made a thirteen year old um, whiskey, uh, Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey. I think is how you describe it. I'm not an expert at that, but it tastes really good. So <laughs> golf and bourbon. That's nice little side hustles exactly. to be involved in. Did, our, did you know when Pey- most of our guests are involved in booze, though, they yeah, bring well, us stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I can't we'll, even we'll get hold it. You to that. I mean, I can't even get this stuff. It's so hard to find. You got your name on the damn thing. Did you know Peyton no, before? My name? Are you kidding me? I'm the. I, th- I figured you'd <laughs> be first, last, and then those other yeah, two right. Larrys yeah, would yeah, be after most, that. Somewhere. Most companies are <laughs> like, hey, look, I can do this for you, and I can help you do this in golf. Like, yeah, Keith, that's how you should explain it. And give us your money, and we'll do the rest. I got a bourbon company. I'm letting Peyton be involved on the side a little bit. How did you know Peyton before this, or was this so, out of the blue, or what? I, I was fortunate enough to grow up playing a little bit at the honors course in Chattanooga, oh, Tennessee. Beautiful. And Peyton always spends uh, a lot of his spring there. He has a house in Chattanooga, and so I would I just kind of seen him every once in a while around the club, and he was always. I mean, as we all know, Peyton is just the most down to earth superstar ever, and so he was always nice to me, and I, you know, kind of kept in touch with him here and there a little bit, and. Um, and then I guess he thought I was worthy when uh, <laughs> I had enough money to pay for his. He his, waited perfectly his, until yeah. he won. He's yeah. like, let's yeah. wait on this guy. Yeah. Now's the time. Yeah. Call him Monday. Yeah. By yeah. the way, can you guess what the, the record for most holes in one day at Sweetens Coves is? In one day? One day. Nine hole track. Oh. 251. 252. What? Very good guess. There's what like 250 hole in ones in one day? No, no, no. no. Holes played. Oh, holes, holes played. played. I think he said holes one. played like, in Jesus one Christ. day. Oh, 250? Yeah, 252 that's... holes in one day? That's buzzing around quite a few times. Can we talk about how there's only one off there? That yeah, really that was good. actually really But it does say right it on the, the website. <laughs> I mean, it does say it right here. I mean, I should have known. <laughs> he that's wrote the was, paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like I called Sweet and Cove. Like, hey, the fact that I missed it by one is the other. I don't know. I'll take a shot in the dark. 251 or thereabouts. The pictures of this place just looks unbelievable. No, it is it is. Do you get down there much? Yeah, I, up, I, I was actually uh, – I took our dear friend Bobby Wyatt to play in our – we call it yeah. the Founders Guest or whatever. And I'll tell you a quick story about this. Is I'm playing, and I got the best compliment of my entire life. And I'm going to say this on here because I promise you it makes me it makes me feel seven feet tall. I am playing a, uh, a match against Eli, and Eli is part of it too. And I gave him a shot – half a shot a hole. No, no, I take that back. I gave him a shot of hole, and we because we played shot um, hole sounds better. Go with yeah, it. yeah. Go with go with no. Two. It is because I, he was a four, and so that make that would make sense. Okay, because we're playing nine, nine holes. holes. I gave him a shot of hole, and he beat me two up in the first nine holes, and so 
um, I asked him how much he wanted to play for. I was like, what do you want to play for? I'm like, $100 a hole? And he's like, yeah, uh, how about 20 bucks a hole? I'm like, dude, you've, I mean, I've made a thousandth of what you've made in yeah. your sports career, but you're the one bringing this down. Anyway, he, he, he beats me two up in the first nine holes. We, I press, he beats me two up on the next nine holes. So I'm like, all right, here's your 80 bucks, but I get to get it back in a, in a football contest. He's like, perfect. So we put a cooler out on the putting green and we walk 40 yards back. And since I gave him a shot a hole, he gives me an extra throw. Just one? Right. I don't think that's enough. And, yeah. Well, so I <laughs> – and by the like way, Eric Decker is playing in the thing okay. too, the old wide receiver. Mm -hmm. If his wife was playing, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be way cooler. <laughs> mm -hmm. He was playing. And so I – the first, I throw two and miss. He throws, misses. I throw two, I miss. He throws again and misses. So I'm like, wow, I'm just bonus balls now. You're basically as good as Eli. Yeah. <laughs> so I hoop, I hoop the next one. And then he misses. So he has to give me his 80 bucks back. And then Eric Decker walks over and goes, man, did you play quarterback in high school? Oh, God. <laughs> Your head got bigger that than sleeves when he said uh, that. No, I love this. It's good. <laughs> and I, I was like, I am the least athletic person probably. And the fact that Eric Decker, a Pro Bowl wide receiver asked me if I've played quarterback in high school. That actually reminds me because a good friend of yours, Drew Butler, who's a punter at yeah. the University of Georgia, knows all the Georgia golf dudes. Yeah. I was talking to him before, and we've had him on our radio show a few times. I think one of the questions we asked, like, amongst your Georgia golf friends, if you had to start one of them at quarterback, who would it be? Correct me if I'm wrong, Cole, but I think he said you, and then it ended up being like a, a hybrid of you and, and Hudson, Hudson Swafford yeah. or something like that. Hudson or yeah, Hudson, Hudson. or Harris English. Or Harris English. So <laughs> yeah. now you're now you're eight feet tall, bud. Harris is a is a punter. Now you're eight feet it. tall. All right. Well, we mentioned at the start, rumor around the tour is you like your fancy, expensive, flashy things, which there's nothing wrong with that. Liking and having and spending on well, it is completely that's what different. I want to know hey, is, don't be yeah. ashamed do you of this? have any fancy, you know, yeah, high-fluting things? I have the sweetest car. I have the best car in the world. What do you got? It's a BMW M5 competition, and it's from BMW. Like, if BMW was like, we want you to have this car. That's and so that's so handy that, around so I can have Island, the fancy, I, I can have the fancy car. And unlike Arm, who went and bought it before he played in the tournament, I was given it to me after the tournament. Oh, so you wait to get the – and then the free shit comes. So it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah I have the fancy stuff, but <laughs> BMW's the best uh, ever. A race car BMW has got to be a convenient thing to have around the gated community at Sea Island, I would it, think. The, the speed limit is 30, 12. 35. And that car goes zero to thirty-five in a half a second, <laughs> so it doesn't do much. Yeah, that's nice. You get to the clubhouse in four seconds instead of twelve. Yeah, uh, that's a, yeah, that's a good thing uh, to have around there. Oh, that it's is there in a half a second. I love it. But okay, what is one thing? Say money wasn't an option. What would what would Keith Mitchell buy? Ooh, just anything. Anything. Oh, that's a very open-ended wow, for you. Yeah, because well, I know you, I know, you like cars, way. you like boats, you like jets. I mean, you. You like what do we all like? Keep I mean, going, all, yeah. yeah. You're a dude. Got it. Yeah. But what yeah. if money's not an option? So what do we I, buy? I, I just I just happen to know more about the fancy stuff. Yeah, I, that. That's yes. Okay. If I I mean I would just I would buy a sweet boat and we would all go hang out on it and go cruise around in the Caribbean and. Are we talking a yacht? Or are we talking? Yeah, like a mega yacht. Or well, are we talking if, like if you a fast said boat? money's not an option, yeah. I'd have the biggest boat with all the small boats attached to it and a submarine on it and a helicopter pad, and we'd have the whole deal. Sounds pretty nice. That does make sense. Hey, make a lot of money. That okay? does make yeah, sense. I got what about wine? What about wine? If you got your pick of the litter bottle of wine, you get to have a nice evening with your girlfriend. What are you going with? 
Um, I'll, I'll just be, I'll just give it to you. It would be an Amedio Pepe, which is an Italian wine, and it is, it is legit. It was my, what if you were talking to a wine person, I would call your, like your first wine that you had. And you're like, oh my god, this stuff is no clue what it is. Yeah. Never heard of it exactly. in my life. Like, Sounds like it'd be really cost? good. Um, 150 bucks, 200 oh. bucks. No, I was expecting yeah. like 5,000 or something yeah, so weird shit. Quit being so cheap, Keith. Dude, I mean, treat, yeah. treat your girlfriend See? nice. I mean, shit. <laughs> 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 well just get yeah. her some mums. I, I was ready for some weird. I thought it comes in a box. Weird? That was weird. 150 I thought that it comes well, in a box. You can't find dude. it, so that's, that's a hard stuff. <laughs> yeah, so. I've never heard of it. I want to ask you another thing you're known for. You're, you're known as a pretty good prankster, and you got one that went on Twitter, and it ended up going fairly viral, I think. That was with Phil Mickelson, I believe, at the Wells Fargo when he fell asleep in front of your locker, just passed out on the bench. And you took a picture of him uh, on that. When you saw him there, did you know immediately like this? This is my time. This is the guy that gets everybody, and now is my time to get him. Well, the the reason it all started was I played with him in a practice round at the Masters, probably a month before. I think it's about a month before. Mm-hmm. So I had never really known Phil, and I felt <laughs> I felt comfortable enough to do that. Yeah. And so if I hadn't played with him, we hadn't kind of, you know, just shot the shit playing in the practice round, then I probably wouldn't have felt compelled to do that but he also at the time was just ripping on everyone on social media he yeah. just got in social media and got he, it. he felt like the king of social media you know he's doing the two tip miscut tuesdays or whatever his little the firesides yeah and all, and all that, that yeah, you know he just felt like he was on top of the world right so i just felt you know i was like this is this is gold and i promise <laughs> you he was so pissed he for, was like, yeah that's so what i want to get into yeah. 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 what'd you do with it did you see it See, I don't, I don't think I saw Dude, this. Dude, he's literally I, passed out. His hat's like over his head. So he's just asleep next first to his of all, First of all, Phil, you have your own pod because you've won that event that has three lockers in a row with your own bench with no one near you because you've won. But you decide to go sleep in front of other people's lockers so they can't get in. You, yeah, have, your, you have your own bed pretty much. And so he doesn't sit in front of his. He has to go in front of mine. So I'm sitting there looking, and there's his locker with empty lockers on either side of him. But he's in front of mine. Like, I'm like, oh, this is too good. I'm taking a picture of this. Mm-hmm. And so I put it up, and um, my agent's here, and he, we, Phil and I work with the same agency company, just different, different guys. And I'm like, hey, man, you need to check my Instagram. He's like, all right, whatever. And then an hour later, I'm like, bro, did you, did you look at my Instagram? He's like, no. I was like, dude, you need to check this out before something happens. And he was like, oh, my God. Was there a caption? Yeah, there was a caption. Was good, I had to yeah. pull it up. And so he calls Loy. He calls Steve Loy. And Loy's dying <laughs> laughing. He's like, no, that's great. Phil needs this. Phil comes in there in the locker room. That's our sanctuary. You can't take pictures in the locker room. Oh, oh Phil. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Phil, I get it. You're right. Like, it is a locker room, right? But it, it was. there's no harm, no foul here. And so he finally got over it, okay? He finally took – he finally swallowed his pride and was like, okay, you got me. This was about a week later. And then he's telling everybody that he's going to get me back. He's just telling everybody he's going to get me back. He's going to get me back. He's going to get me back. Has he? Well, he tried. Oh, oh what's that? Well, I don't know that attempt. one. So <laughs> he, have you, I don't know if y'all have heard the story about Phil and the, uh, the cop. And the other caddy. They, they wrote a story about it. Doug Ferguson wrote a story okay, about you, it. Okay, feel free to. He, he gets a cop to get a caddy and puts him in the back of the car and he does his whole spiel and he pranks his caddy. So Phil's bragging about these stories 
about how he's used his cops to prank people and he's waited forever and ever and ever to do it. You know, he'll, he'll hold a grudge forever. <laughs> well, I'm at the players and this was, you know, about a month later and he's, but he's telling everybody he's going to give me back. So I'm, I'm kind of got my head on a swivel, right? <laughs> I walk in and a cop grabs me and he goes, Hey Keith, I need to see you. I'm like, Okay, and I'm I'm starting to get nervous. I'm like, what's going on? Why is this cop pulling me off to the side? And I kind of look around. There's a lot of people standing there, and he's like, Yeah, I need you to read this, you know, lawsuit, and it's a paternity suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's elaborate. That's a and he writes this whole thing out, and I look at the cop, and so now I'm starting playing off the cop, right? I'm gonna see if he cracks, because, you know, if this is serious, a you wouldn't be doing it. In the, in the breezeway of, of sawgrass and the players <laughs> on a Wednesday or a Thursday. And I'm like, okay, where do I sign? He goes, oh, you got to read the whole thing. I'm like, I understand. Where do I need to sign for this? You know, because obviously it's you know, whatever. And he goes, oh, well, you, you know, you got to read this, but just sign here. And so I just signed in big letters, Phil Mickelson. And handed it right back to him and walked off. And I walk in that locker room. What the hell? How'd you know? You knew somebody told you. Oh, and he is losing his well played, mind. Uh, so he tried to get me back, yeah, but that's good. Didn't I didn't know it. about the the rebuttal story. Yeah, I, don't I like that. That's that's new new I can't, to the air. I can't believe he got so mad at the, about the like the you know because he does yeah sanctuary. <laughs> Phil, the guy that pranks every yeah. when he first was I, look, reacting like I, that. It's, I don't. I don't disagree with him like if you don't want people taking pictures in our yeah. locker room all the time put them on social media like I, I get that how many you don't see that many pictures in locker rooms in nfl no. but if it's a fun picture you know somebody yeah. it's it's different right it's not like somebody was getting out of showers or you know yeah. doing something they shouldn't be doing it was a completely harmless picture i understand the picture in the locker room i didn't understand the him getting pissed about it get yeah. over you're it, not Phil. recording conversations or no anything like, and if anything anyone like can that. handle it yeah. it's it's philip yeah It'll so be he, he finally fine. got over it. He tried to get me back. He didn't, but trust me, I know he's got something. Up you got to wake yeah, up a little has, earlier, Philly that boy. Keep swivel because yeah, he still he, might. I, it got to the point where I thought that he might, like, if we were taking a, a flight somewhere, that he would literally make the pilots land somewhere else and then just me get out in a different city and pay for it. That's <laughs> Divert how, you to yeah, Omaha. Exactly. That's <laughs> how elaborate I know Phil can get. Well, I guarantee you hadn't forgot. No. So no, keep that anything. head on And it. now that I'm saying this again, it might, you know, Kindle that fire a little bit, and he might. I be. hope so. I love yeah. pranks out on tour. It's the best. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's fantastic. Well, so should we get to the? Email? I got you one got more serious. I okay, want to ask a real. This okay. is a serious question. Um, you've recently made the switch from flat brim hat guy back to visor guy. Why the switch back to the promised land? I've always been a visor guy. If you if you can find some old Georgia pictures, and even I mean I don't even know if they have whatever amateur pictures if i was playing in something i was probably in last place so it didn't matter but when i was at georgia i definitely wore a georgia visor so i've always worn visors and when i was with nike it was like kind of a uniform to wear a flat belt mm. for me they didn't have the cool visors and i have a huge noggin so the flat bills fit my head better and that was that it felt like my uniform like i, I was strapping up to yep. go out in the battlefield. And that's what the flat bill was for me. And now I can have the – got a nice uh, nice deal with uh, Cisco this year. Um, and they've been an amazing group of people to work with. 
and they wanted the front of the hat and then they you can wear whatever you want i'm like well let's rock this baby how, how good does it feel to be back? Because you're I not. I noticed so I'm a visor back. guy. Your dome is the perfect proportion. The hairline is very <laughs> yeah. nice. You're a visor guy at heart. You just uh, yeah. masqueraded yes. as a flat brim guy for a while. I did. Yeah. So the people that knew me well knew that I was an OG visor guy. Mm-hmm. And then the newcomers were like, oh, what's this new visor? I'm like, uh-uh. It's old, baby. It's old yeah. school. Mm-hmm. You got to feel free. Free oh, now yeah. you're out there. I mean, I might even have to get some. I don't know what should I do. Some should product? I, I don't. Maybe should I let it grow out? Should no product. Maybe just I let mean, it flow a little bit. You got a lot of product bit. in yours. I sleeves. do a little bit now, but I've been visor because I got an enormous head too, so the hats so never when fit you, me. Do you put the product? No, in no, it? no, never ever with the visor. No, I think product with visor that's bad, bad look. Okay. You got to let it just be free and let it do whatever yeah, it wants to be. Yeah, that's kind of the Ian Poulter look. Remember when he used to? Have yeah, he used to have the spiky. Yeah. That's way too much. Like, yeah. there's too much vanity in that. Like, I'm gonna put a hat on and put in. Nah, bud. Come on. If you're a visor guy, you're a free spirit. You know what I mean? Don't Slitter don't complicate flow. things. Yeah, just yeah. let it breathe. But I saw you last week in Hawaii, and I was like, he's back. I'm back. Yeah. Big right. things coming. Big Huge things Just because you got the visor back. back. Oh, hey, I mean, I, I've had my best week in a while last week. Exactly, dude. It's because oh, you're back. You're back to your roots. All right, let's get into you this. You want to do it? I know you. I know you've seen our show many a times. You're a big fan, especially huge, the bar, huge especially fan. the barn rat episode. <laughs> yes, the rat. All right, but number one, we always ask everybody: movie made about the life of Keith, Kevin, Jeff, Mitchell, whoever, who who gets to play that person? If I get to pick, any actor, dead or alive. Somebody got mad at us the other day on the internet because whoever we picked, we picked was dead. And I'm like, oh, it was, it's dead or alive. It's who fun. was it? It was yeah. oh, it was Harry Higgs, Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. which is only wow. the only that's the right answer. And they're like, he's not. I was like, yeah, well, Chubby we're aware. Chris Pratt. When I saw some pictures, actually did work out. Correct. In hindsight, Chris Pratt was a little more accurate than yeah. I thought initially. But you can pick anyone you want. Any old actor. old school Leo. Oh, like old school wow. Leo. Like it's actually like, not that far fetched. Like, I'm talking. My mind. I'm talking like when he was like originally getting on, not like the new. Slick, Leo. Catch me if you can. Yeah, Leo. that Leo. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. actually not far fetched. Yeah. It crossed my mind. Yeah, I'm not. I'll yeah. accept it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got a guy? I didn't really have one. I couldn't. Really <laughs> that's why I'm accepting this old school. You're guy. one of one. <laughs> like, yeah. this guy look You're like? too hard to cast. The movie will never be <laughs> yeah. made. Idea is Miles Teller, which I think is a compliment. Ooh, wow. He's a funny guy. Girls like him. Project X. He's, yeah, he's a dude, man. He probably likes private planes and wine too. Like I said, who doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> he's already halfway to the role. All right, next question. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Can you name all of the current Georgia Bulldogs playing full-time on the PGA Tour right now? Yes. Okay, go. I'm going to test you. Bubba Watson. Correct. Chris Kirk. Mm -hmm. Brendan Todd. Mm -hmm. Harris English. Mm -hmm. Hudson Swafford. Mm -hmm. Russell Henley. Mm -hmm. Brian Harmon. Mm -hmm. Keith Mitchell. Sepp Straka. How many left do I have? Oh, you're going to tell me. He doesn't know the total. (laughs) (laughs) Pay no attention to these fingers. Um, you're at nine. I'm mean, at nine. There's there's a few more. Um, I just Compton count because doesn't he have? To no, I don't. No, I didn't. I said status. just full time. I'm going right now. Like they okay. got whatever they want to get in. Okay, playing. Um, so you're missing. Well, well, Kiz. Yeah, you hit him. I think. No, did I don't think did I not? did. You almost no. left out Kiz. I almost left out Kiz. That would. I was kind of hoping you left a guy out and we get back on you. That, for that that's right. ten. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, there is. I don't know. I mean, there is. This is his question. You got uh, Patrick Reed. Are you claiming Patrick Reed? Are you going to give him to Augusta? Mm, that's tough. That's a t- I'll, let the, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let the people decide. <laughs> Wait, very very. So, do you have the list? Yeah, dude. I got them right here. Dude. I come prepared. Bubba, Brian Harmon, Brendan Todd, Chris Kirk, Keith Mitchell, Kevin Kisner, Harris English, Russell yeah, Henry, I got, I, Hudson I, I Swafford, Sepp Straka, big question mark, asterisk, 
Patrick Reed because yeah. he did attend the University. Well, of and Georgia. Joey Garber it was on the tour two years ago, and he's on Corn Ferry. Yeah. And Grayson Sig pretty much has his tour card locked up on the Corn Ferry this year, so he's almost guaranteed to be on tour next year. Yeah, they're going to be 22. twenty. The leaderboard yeah. looks like a yeah. qualifying round. So you already have two guys in the pipeline. Joey was is about to be back on, and Grayson pretty much is going to be back on. So there's a twelve right there. It's half the damn Perfect. tour. All right, number three. I don't know if it was last year or the year before you played with Commissioner Monahan. At Both Pebble years, Beach. yeah, two Both years. years. Yeah. Are obviously super wow. tight. Face of the tour. I'm gonna let you. He's gonna let you be assistant commissioner for a day. What's the first piece of advice, or what do you have, Commissioner Jay Monahan, change to the PGA Tour? Oh, wow, first that's Jay's a, amazing. By the way, yeah, he is. That's a lot he of power. Unbelievable. Yeah, you got a lot of power. A lot right of here. power you're, here, you're, Jeff. You're be like, hey, Jay, this is what I think you should do. Yeah, let's change these things from four days to three days. And maybe add a cart. I would just say make the um, fall series shorter. So you have a little off season. I mean, we this year I had four weeks off. Yeah. I mean, you look at every other major sport; they have time off. And I'm not saying we 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 could lose sponsors, we lose market share, but it's it's a lot of golf. Like there's, it's never it never ends. And I think that's why you see so many young guys coming up, and their stamina is better. It's just the fact that you see guys like. Stuart Sink and Jim Furyk and Brian Gay competing mm-hmm. at forty something years old against us and traveling that much and playing that much—it's insane. It's it's amazing. So, I, I that is a a very surface level answer that you only gave me thirty seconds to think about. So I would hate to. I hate As part to of being commissioned, dude, you got to yeah. think on your feet. Right, but I, I just. I'm not complaining about having a lot of tournaments. It's just a lot of stress. I mean, there's full-time pe- guys are paying hundreds of thousand dollars a year on their bodies to try to just keep up and playing. And I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, there are definitely way more injuries. Part of that's the gym too, but part of it is there's no break. Zero. Yeah. And right. every every week you take off, you feel like you're losing ground. Yeah. It's really hard. You actually have to schedule off weeks. And which, to like change, if you want to do something like I need to change something in my swing, there's no really time nope, to do it unless nope. you're doing it on the yeah, fly. Yeah, and do it in the off season and. You know, and for four weeks, I mean, come on. We all know four weeks isn't enough to change. I mean, hopefully you're on PDO Tour not changing, but that's nor here nor there. Yep. All right. All right, next question. This I got a little help from your buddy Brandon Harkins here on this one. He says, are you embarrassed that you claim to be a big fisherman, but yet your girlfriend is the only one who can catch your fish off of your own dock? That is a true statement. You built this big, nice dock, I've been told. You can't <laughs> I, catch nothing? So I have fished out there at least 100 times. I've seen fish, casted at them, everything. I have caught zero. I was out there one day. I, I saw a couple redfish swimming in the stream right by the dock. I called JT. He's like, get the rod. There's four fish right here in this little pool and hurry up. And of course, JT moves at a snail's pace all the time, as you know. <laughs> Just JT posting for those, yeah. the postman. I run to him and then run back. That's how fast, that's how much faster I was moving. I cast out him like four times, nothing. He goes, give me the rod. One cast, boom, catches redfish. So then during quarantine, we're out there, and I'm fishing, I'm fishing, and Claire's like, let me throw one in there. And she throws one in there right there, and she just starts hollering. She's got a trout on the line, and I have a video of her trying to throw it back in the water and listening to her <laughs> squeal throwing that fish back in is hilarious. So, yes, I've JT Poston has caught one off my dock. My girlfriend's caught one off my dock, and I have not. Wow. All right, that well, we stings can, a we little. We can stay on a little fishing question here because I got one as well. I was watching some of your Michelob Ultra – little commercials with the sea island boys or whatever the hell y'all call it down there <laughs> the mafia i mean the Jupe, mafia Jupe, we got jupe life and Jupe, the sea Jupe, island. Uh, yeah we need a name right. out here got, all right rank these yeah rank these tour players 
from best to worst fishermen. Okay. You, JT Poston, Harris English, Pat and Kazire. Okay, not to get too technical, are we talking saltwater or freshwater? Big difference. Oh, wow. I don't oh, need to. You're care. talking you to me think. and Colt, bud. We, yeah. not, okay. we watch we National Geographic. We cruise okay. through National Geographic. That's all we know about fish. I would say Patton is number one at freshwater, and then us three are tied for worse. Okay. <laughs> JT okay. Harris and I. And then in saltwater, I would say I've ex- experienced the most amount of time and effort doing it, and JT is probably better. And he has done way less. How do you be better in one water than the other it's water? Luck. Just luck? Oh, well, in, oh, it's like water, one, like water. How are you oh, good okay. in salt and not it's good complete, in like If we're fresh. talking about fly fishing, right? If you're talking about fly fishing in salt water, it's completely different than a bait caster casting for a bass. It's completely different. Like fly fishing is literally like learning a golf swing out there, and bait casting is just trying, trying to use your thumb so it doesn't bird nest on you. I couldn't throw a bait caster for me to the other side of this table without it tangling. But I can throw a fly line, you know, 70, 80 feet. I can't do any of it. Have your girlfriend help you with that. Yeah. She'll, on, she'll, t- she'll tighten you up a little bit. Let's, yeah, let's go, Claire. All right, next question. Would you agree to play in the Zurich next year with Nick Saban as your partner if it meant that the University of Georgia would beat Alabama? Yes. A hundred percent. Wow. That was quick. That's loyalty to the squad. Well, you know, you're going to miss the cut. You're going to miss Zurich the cut. He's not that good. That's fine. Saban. I've missed a lot of cuts, and I'm just fine. <laughs> Okay. That's a man coming. And I might get a couple and I might get a nice tip from him or something about that it. That was a definitive answer. But you yeah, also yeah. have to have some camaraderie and high five and That's, coach dude, him up. I think everyone at the University of Georgia would love for me to do that. All right, so maybe we you could do beat that. Them. Maybe you do that. That's fair. That kind of can lead into the next question as well. Who do Georgia Bulldogs hate more? Florida Gators, Florida. Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, oh, Florida. or Alabama Florida. Crimson Tide? Wow, really? <laughs> it's not definitive. Not even close. Not wow. even close. I thought it would be like an SEC school because no, like Florida. Battle. I mean, Georgia Tech, they're just – Yeah, they're, I don't even think they're enough – like football no, drives No, they're not. They're not they're enough not. on the map. They're not. It's Florida. It's not hands down. And you can ask any Georgia that any Georgia guy that comes on the show, ask them that question. I promise you, they'll say the same. Thing. I would have figured it was Alabama just because they're so. Because Alabama's new. Because you're cursed. It's yeah. new. It's fresh. It's not an old, long-standing hate. It's like just new blood. And so, yeah, I mean, we hate Alabama because Tua threw that pass and oh. to Devontae Smith. Oh. I mean, two of the best college players to ever play the game. And yeah, I didn't want to bring it up. It's. I mean, I hate. So, you, would that. you play in the Zurich with Tim Tebow? No. <laughs> Okay. Well, you're going to be cursed because now God hates you. All right. Yep. <laughs> All right. Wow, next question. Wow. Okay. I've heard you say- <laughs> Maybe delete that part. Right, well, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. What's so wrong with that? He's Whatever. All right. Next question. <laughs> let's keep Let's keep it moving. <laughs> the producer Wait, well, in the back can, can- is the color of Tim Tebow's jersey right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. We can tweak all that. Don't worry. All right. This is a good question. We're getting to the rat here. I've heard you say if you weren't on the PGA Tour that you'd like to do something in finance, okay? So test your financial advisor skills here. Zero. Okay, what advice would you give to Kyrdek Alpha Barn Rat who spends every dollar he makes on either cars, shoes, or watches? How would you advise him? Well, I've talked to him about all three of these things. He has found a way to buy these watches that sell on the secondary market for triple what he pays for them. So he makes money off this dude. He, it's so like Poulter and his Ferraris. Yeah. Mm. Kyrdex has all these paddocks and Rolexes that are, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand that sell for 60, 70, hundred thousand dollars. He is, trust me, he's not an idiot. He has got it. Well, no, he no he's beautiful. He's, he's perfect. No, about his, I mean, I'm not finan- financial right, right. advising. Like he, it's as crazy as it may sounds. 
and this is probably coming from a, a watch freak too. So it, he's not, he's making good investments okay. on these watches. If he sells them or not, that's not up to me. But the value that he has bought, paid for them and what he could sell them for is a lot different. So are you going to do that if you win again? Start buying some watches, shoes, and cars? That is the, I tell myself that if I win, I will buy a watch to commemorate a win. And after I won the Honda, I bought one watch to commemorate What'd you a buy? win. I bought a Rolex. Okay, very nice. Would you give him that same advice, though, because with his shoes, he buys one pair as a collector's item and one pair to wear? I listened to that, <laughs> yeah. and I started laughing out loud. So, that is fantastic. His wife thought he was cheating on him because he had another apartment. Yeah. Let's you know it's for his shoes. What about the rent he spends on the apartment yeah. that just <laughs> takes care of his shoes? Is that good or is that smart or not smart? <laughs> I can't attest to that, but that is awesome. Can it's we say the, it's awesome? It's I don't care if it's smart or not smart. It's awesome. He lives how we all yeah, want to. No one would do that except him, and that that's why we love him. Yeah, he puts yes. a down payment on a Ferrari after his first win. Like, ah, I'll figure out the rest of the 150 later on. All I know is I can drive out of here with it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that guy is He's amazing. Legend. All right, last question. We've obviously talked. You like your finer things in life throughout this whole show. No, well, y'all are telling me. I yeah, do, we're feeding it well, to every, you. Everyone that we talk to says this. It's so been it's not, I'm knowledgeable them about them because I, I didn't study right. school. I studied well, Instagram. The younger generation, <laughs> the younger generation, maybe your generation, started this new word recently called bougie. Is Keith Mitchell bougie? I, I don't think so. No? No, that's I, I don't think so. You define bougie, though. Yeah, yeah. Define it. I, I don't know. I don't even know what it means. Well, but you just it. said you weren't it, so I feel like you right, should probably know the definition. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're. I <laughs> I feel like it's like flashy. Like yeah, like Ferrari, floss, like just flaunting like, your. Yeah, and and like gold. I don't wear gold. Or maybe if you can't afford it, like hey, well, I'm down payment on everything I'm wearing, but yeah, I don't own like, any of it. Yeah, if, well, let me give you. If I couldn't slight, afford it. Yeah, but I'm was, still gonna go get it for whatever the minimum amount of cash I, I can get. I think you might want to be. Bougie. Oh, really? I mean, the definition, according to uh, this, is according to what? What's is, this? Is this luxurious, urban dictionary? Yeah, is luxurious it? <laughs> in lifestyle, yet humble in character. Oh, wow! I, I mean, didn't. What's what wrong is, with that? That is amazing. What? Who wrote that There's definition? All kinds of different definitions. Is that, yeah, is that, is that, that Webster's or is that Urban Dictionary? <laughs> yeah, I thought that'd be Urban Dictionary. Or is that Colt's Dictionary? Oh no, I don't have a dictionary. I can't even read. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, I can't find that. We're just gonna go with that one. <laughs> I love it. Then I would love to be bougie. Bougie doesn't sound that bad now. Yeah, and this one, this other definition, one who possesses swag and he's elite and rich sounds great that Shit. sounds amazing keith mitchell is bougie that could be a, that could be like big beautiful. maybe that's jeff jeff's bougie, bougie. jeff jeff's yeah bougie. your alter <laughs> ego jeff yeah keith's just like you know whatever normal guy and jeff here <laughs> yeah jeff <laughs> likes to spend a little <laughs> yeah quickly well keith this has been yes. a pleasure my man thank you so much for joining us this is uh, thanks for this call this You're, is fills my soul well that was bougie keith mitchell on golf subpar dude he's a beauty i had a blast with him i reached out to like three of his buddies like hey give me something on uh keith and to a man all three of them were like he likes really nice shit uh he's fancy as fuck all this type like like joel and and uh damon or uh, excuse me and harkins and all those guys i was like it was the same answer problem but he's he was awesome dude and one thing that we we brought up that i don't think got enough credit in the golf world was phil mixon's always the guy pulling pranks like get one up he pulled a good one on phil who apparently didn't like it but that didn't get in i didn't that i don't feel like that got its just and he didn't fall for phil's rebuttal yes. which i which i really really liked but you know going back to the whole liking nice things he makes a great point he's like well don't you like yeah, nice who doesn't things? If yeah. you're like, are you uh, like i like flying private i like nice awesome wine. wine yeah yeah nice watches of course who doesn't yeah but he he prides himself on those nice things yeah and it sounds like he does a very good job at it and you can when you win in pj tour events taking down the likes of brooks and Ricky i was gonna say and those what guys, a way like, shit treat yourself it's what hard. a way to get your first pj tour 
PJ Tour win. Here's the people at the Honda Classic, and I'm just guessing, but they are salivating when Brooks uh-huh. Kepka and Ricky Fowler in the clubhouse and Keith Mitchell, who's relatively unknown at the time, has to lay up on this par five. They're like, okay, we're about to have Play a playoff off. with two massive names and some guy named Keith Kevin Jeff Mitchell. Okay. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Keith Mitchell steps up and buries a 15 footer to win it. And I don't say, I didn't say he ruined the people's day, but didn't probably give them what they wanted. But I mean, what a way to do it. Yeah. You got. For trying to win for the first time, knowing that I either make this putt or I got to go into a playoff with two of the best players in golf at the time, like not one, you know, three for one, mm-hmm. not liking your odds there. And then to make that and then that's just kind of propel them. And like from a talent perspective, this guy seems to have it all um, looking forward to seeing what he does the rest of the year. But it was cool to sit down with him. Never met him, never talked to him and uh, easy guy to root for. Yeah. And we got to get him to take us out to the sweet and coves. Sweetens, yeah, that sweet, place sounds Sweetens sweet. Cove. Sweetens Cove. Yeah, Sweet Cove. I've driven by it, never stepped foot in it. The pictures look incredible. Looks like a blast. He could at least send us some some of their whiskey, some of their booze. Be the, we do like to get be the polite it. thing to do. A lot of guys like to bring Thank gifts Thank you for in. having you us, know what I mean, me Keith? on your show. Here's some free booze. That's yeah, all we ask. Absolutely. We don't ask a lot. We're, we're simple. 45, we're simple guys. Senator, whatever. Simple guys. But uh, yeah, that Sweet and Cove place sounds sweet. And it's cool that Peyton Manning called him up and said, hey, you want to get involved in this deal? I think if you get that phone call, just quick yes, no matter what it is. Yeah, I I mean, it's Peyton Manning, of yeah. course. How could you say no to Peyton Manning? Without question. All right. Well, it was a lot of fun with Keith. Special thanks to him for coming on. But, Slays, now it's time to get to something that I'm enjoying a little bit more than you are, I believe, and that's the gambling segment of the show. And um, we're doing a little different this year. We're doing one and done. So we, you get to pick yeah, one survivor. guy. You get to pick one guy each week. Once you use him, you're, you're done with him for the season. Producer Mark, would you like to go over some of the results from last week's Farmers Insurance Open? Well, last week... Drew made a very bold pick in Charles Howell III, who, unbeknownst to him, was going off at 120 to 1 on FanDuel to win. To be fair to Drew, though, he had made 17 straight cuts. Yeah, I was going to wait to after he got done to defend myself. Just 17. I just wanted to defend my guy. Made millions and millions of dollars at this golf course. And by the way, finished in the top 20 basically half the time. So not. But not, not a far stretch there to pick Charles Howell. He did, and a lot of people on Twitter pointed it out yep. when he missed the cut. So Thank you me. had to deal with that all weekend. I get that. Um, Colt, on the other hand, Tony Finau tied for second Ugh. with Xander. And as Colt mentioned before, that was worth a cool $456,000, giving Colt the lead of 494632 on the short year. Okay. Just a small deficit. So wait, what? Half a mil. I'm confused. What Sleaze's total? Yeah, quick update uh, on me. That would be zero. Zero. Oh, I stayed at zero. Stayed okay, at zero. I thought maybe we might have given like a little appearance fee, five grand or something. We got to talk about this, though, because here, this is a one and done pool, right? It's not like you're having to pick scrubs. You can pick anyone no. in the field. And you've gone between this and our gravy and the sleeves on SiriusXM. You've for missed th- three straight cuts. I'm 0 for 3 on our radio show. I'm 0 for 2. Over- well, tell me who I'm picking that sucks. Charles Howell's got the best record in the history of Torrey Pines. I mean, the guy never plays bad. And I took Russell Henley at uh, American Express, the best iron player on tour since they came back as a second shot golf. I mean, I don't know. Here's my problem. I've identified. You want me to tell you what my problem is? I'm doing too much research. I would have never picked Charles Howell last week. Too much reading for this. If series. I hadn't gone back and been like, oh, my God, he isn't, well, this is an unbelievable track. Never missed the cut. Always finished in the top 20. I would have never picked him. But then I go researching, and then I, I lead myself to it. Colt, look at this head. It's big. It's enormous, right? You know what lives inside of here? An enormous Nothing. brain. I got to start using my brain. Less computers, more brain. I'm done researching. I'm done stats. I'm going off the gut, going off the brain now. Team meeting. We got to switch things up. All I know is that if you happen to go out and pick, say, John Rahm, who's the number two ranked player in the world this week for the Waste Management Phoenix Open, and he misses the cut, 
this is going to be known as the sleaze factor. It's trending. Like this is mm-hmm. this is a serious problem. Yeah, I'm, I'll be will if I go if I pick another big dog and they miss the cut, I'm going to start just taking money. Be like, oh, you want me to pick you this week? Break the kid off a little piece. All right. Well, let's get right to it. Let's make our picks for this week. The Waste Management Phoenix Open. Sleaze making his debut as a Thunderbird. Obviously not working very hard. He's sitting here with me right now. Um, I, I think can't... I'm the only Thunderbird active. There's 55. I think I'm the only one to not have stepped foot on property yet. That's a so hell of an accomplishment. The MVP, the, the MVP the trophy. This is dedication to the show, dude. I'm showing right. you love. I'll um, take it. Probably no MVP for me this year. That's all right. All right. Well, we got a big event. We're going to have some fans out there. 5,000 a day. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. For my one and done pick, I'm going to see if I can stay hot here. I'm going to a guy, he's a two time champion around TPC Scottsdale. He's also got a second. And the last two years, he's finished 15th and 16th. For some reason, he kind of likes this place. Hasn't missed a cut in a while, but hasn't really played that great. Finished second at the Houston Open um, back in 2020. But I'm going Hideki Matsuyama. And wouldn't it. Wouldn't it just be the, the situation where the one week where I just say, I'm scrapping all research, I'm not going to look at a computer, do nothing. I come in, and I was I had Hideki pegged, and then you picked him. So it's a good pick. I like that pick. I just know that he's won multiple times here and seems to never You play can back. pick him as well. No, I'm down 500 grand. It, a tie is a loss at this point. I got to make up some ground. So I'm going, <laughs> this will be the litmus <laughs> test right here, bud. If I strike out and get a goose egg this week, then it's just, it's a wrap. It's over because I'm going with one of my favorite guys on tour. I like to pick him any week I can, really. But I'm going Xander Schauffele, 10 to 1, runner up last week. Has played well here. I don't, you want to know what he finished last year? I don't know because I don't give a shit. I just know he's really, really good. <laughs> so I'm going Xander at 10 to 1. No research, no nothing. This is, this is the one, but if this doesn't, if, if there's not a, a, an actual dollar sign next to my name after this week, we got stress. There's a dollar sign right now. It just says zero. If next there's not to it. something more than uh, like an actual real number next to it. Okay. So, well, you got Xander. I've got yeah. Hideki. So yep. let's go through some other picks we might like. As far as a favorite, by the way, I'm big on Xander this week. I like him. But my favorite to win the golf tournament, I just don't want to burn him yet, my one and done. He's making his first appearance here at TPC Scottsdale. The golf course is perfect for him. He hits high draws off the tee. I followed him last week, and he's driving it like a god. It's unbelievable to watch. I really enjoyed it. Roy McIlroy, I think, wins this golf tournament this week. It's a, it's a couldn't find a better place for him. And the one thing that seems to give him issues, and it's tough at Torrey because those greens, those Poana, they start bouncing around in the afternoon. These greens are perfect mm-hmm. and they're not tough by tour standards in terms of like the the slope and things they're they're if you get a good feel on these things you can hold some putts so uh can never disagree with a rory pick i'm gonna go if i'm just picking a winner xander's my guy for the survivor i like john rom around this place gets a home game this week he's played really well here shitty what top five or top eight or something as an amateur when he was still at arizona fourth. state yeah fourth um he, he's he's you saw the grass. It's very comfortable. I mean, John Rahm will probably be He's the guy. Sleep in me. his own bed. Yeah, sleep in the own bed. No fans, none of that to deal with. So, uh, Rahm and Rory, we're going out on a limb in terms of the winners. Yeah, there. no doubt. Yeah, number two and number seven in the world. Props I to us for yeah. taking us. But let's go a little dark horse because yeah. my dark horse last week, Ryan Palmer, that started off the week at fifty to one, finished tied for second. He's been playing some great golf. Um, been a lot of fun to watch Ryan kind of revamp his career at forty-four years old. But I'm going with a guy who has been had last year in the West Coast Swing. At three straight top 15s, also gets to sleep in his own bed this week, has been close so far this year, kind of trending, just very close. I've been watching him very, very closely, and I love his action. I think he's going to have a big week here this week, and it's our guy, Max Homa, Yeah, 70 to 1. There you go. The home bed routine. Mm-hmm. Max Homa, you're watching him closely. I like that. Very stalkerish of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watch you while you sleep, Max. Uh, all right, Max Homa, what's his odds? 70 to 1. All right, I'm staying Which close. Which is no respect. I mean, especially, I think he finished Sixth here last year, played great. I mean, he, he was in the last group at Palm Springs a couple weeks ago. Sneaky had a good finish at Torrey Pines. I mean, 
the guy just strikes. And when you play with him, it's just like, what? How do you not shoot 68 or better? There's nothing that goes wrong ever. His golf swing looks perfect. Um, He hits it pure every single time Mm -hmm. we're out there. He's a. It's hard to figure out what doesn't go right in Max. He should be an absolute ATM machine. Yeah, and I think he he may be turning into that. I'm going to stay a little closer to that 50 to one threshold. In fact, I'm going to stay right on it. Go with a previous champion. If you get a previous champion at long shot odds 50 to one, I tend to like that. Gary Woodland coming in 50 to one. God. Uh, getting healthy. He had the little hip issue towards the, towards the end of the year last year, but getting healthy, work his way back. But another golf course, same way you said it for Rory sets up perfect for him. It's a place where Gary can fly a lot of those fairway bunkers that not everybody can. And, uh, clearly his record, um, shows that he likes this joint. 51 yep. Gary Woodland. He gave me a ride Sunday night from Torrey Pines yeah, back home right. to Scottsdale, which I really appreciate, but I still hate on him all the time. I told him we were, we were talking about when he won here a few years ago and how he shot 64 on Sunday and. Our guy Ches Reevy was battling down the stretch trying to win, you know, his hometown event, being an Arizona State kid. I told him, I said, I've never been more excited when Ches made that putt to force the playoff with you. <laughs> I was rooting for Ches so hard. It was unbelievable. But, uh, Gary, good pick around this joint. He he, is, he still worries me that he's not 100% healthy yet. He says he is, but yeah, athletes lie a lot. How do you look on the plane? Comfortable? It was very, very comfortable. Okay, good. All very right. hydrated it's as okay. well. okay. Very hydrated? Yeah. Good. I like a guy coming in prepared, taking care of that body. Yeah, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Waste Management Phoenix Open, one of the biggest events on the PGA Tour schedule. If you need anything, just hit up Sleaze. He can leave you tickets, you know, give you, get you massages, food, what, booze, whatever you need. Sandwich, he's, whatever you want to do. You want to meet Rory? You want to hang out with Rory for a while? Just slide you on over. I know where he's staying, and I'll, and I'll give out his information for a small, rather large Yeah, food. Venmo's open if you want a room number at Rory's Hotel. All right, that's, that's going to do it for us. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.